Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Russia Ez Aldin. She is the Sales and Marketing Director at Exceed. Russia has been with Exceed since its inception over 21 years ago. She has seen not only Exceed, but also the outsourcing industry in Egypt flourish in that time. They are based in Egypt. They also have facilities in Mauritius and Morocco and also looking for other country destinations around the Middle East and North Africa region. It is a really incredible, diverse region that they're in, specifically with languages. They have incredible access to English and Arabic language, of course, but also French, Italian, and German are all available uh, in good volumes within Egypt and around the region. So it really is an interesting region. I get to explore this with Russia. We explore Egypt, of course, and the region. We explore the demand for Arabic language. And we talk about AI, automation, CX, and of course, Exceed. They have grown to 25,000 employees and are just doing brilliant things with CX and various verticals. So it's a great conversation with Russia. I certainly learned a lot. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Russia, I'm so excited to have you on the show because we can discuss Egypt and the Middle East and Northern Africa, which is a really exciting region right now. It seems that there's so much activity happening in and around that area, and you are perfectly positioned in Egypt, of course, in what is a very vibrant outsourcing industry and one that is seeing a lot of growth. So it's uh, fantastic to have you on board. Russia. I suppose... If you might start with Egypt, could you maybe just give the listeners a sense of the Egypt outsourcing industry as it stands? 
Yeah, thank you so much for the introduction. And yes, Egypt is is now one of the of the market that it is expanding and developing very quickly. We can see a lot of companies are uh, having their centers in Egypt beside the local players that they have already started years ago, like Exceed. Egypt is known to be the support providing multilingual hub, not only beside the Arabic, which is our mother tongue, and the English, which we, which is Egypt is known for. We, we do have the French, the Italian, the German, the Spanish languages. These European languages is, can be supported easily f- from Egypt, and we're having multiple centers that, that it is already operating with these languages, besides other languages that it is maybe we cannot provide numbers, but we can complement services with. So maybe the Russian, the Greek, the Portuguese, the Czech. I mean, some of the, I don't, I don't want to say all over the list goes on, but, but there is a number that we can complement services or complement operations with. Uh, and, and it's not only that we provide the languages and that's it, but I mean, with very good quality and very good with, with cost competitive related to other destinations or similar destinations. We're also Egypt is is in the middle middle of the most of the continents, so we're we're very proximate in terms of destinations uh, and travel. I mean, if needed for experts or consultant to move on, the the country also is known for the weather, the great weather. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere, the culture, everything is welcoming more business to be here in Egypt and for more centers to open and start business in in the country. Yeah, it's a fascinating area, and of course, Egypt has been, you know, highly civilized for many thousands of years. And so, I, I assume that's, you know, and why it, it's the cradle of so many languages and and such sort of cultural diversity. Just having a quick look on Wikipedia, I see that the population is about 110 million, and I see that the GDP per capita is about sort of three and a half thousand US which is actually very similar to the Philippines in that regard, both 110 million and about 3,500 per capita GDP. So it's sort of interesting to see, but that's maybe where the similarities where the similarities end. So fascinating to see. You mentioned very briefly the, the languages, but it, it is quite incredible, the, the array of languages that that is sort of commonly accessed in Egypt. I, I believe English and Arabic, of course, are the two primary languages there. But then, of course, French features significantly. But then an array of all these different languages. Now, how dominant are they? Like, can you fill a call center, for example, with 100 people speaking Italian? Like, can you really source such diversity of, of language? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exceeded. do have these numbers in our centers in Egypt. Uh, with these numbers, so 100 maybe is, is a good, adequate number. And uh, we can have also Italian, we can have, I mean, French. This We have a huge number of French speakers in our centers. And uh, the flexibility here is not only in, in having these numbers uh, to serve the European market, but we can serve the U.S. market uh, where the time zone is, is somehow different. So we, we are capable of providing this smoothly, these numbers with, with even more difficult time zones. And here, I, I just want to discuss something that it's, Egypt has been always 
appeared in researches to be in the top five favorable destinations for outsourcing for different uh, European countries, not for a specific language. I mean, some destination appear in one of the destination, but I mean, Egypt is tend to appear in most of the destinations for the European languages. And, and this is why, I mean, we do have the, this capability and the culture diversity, as you mentioned. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And great for clients that just want one destination that can cover a number of language requirements. It must really tick a lot of boxes in that regard. Can you, Rasha, speak to the Arabic language a little bit? You know, I'm, I know very little about it, but of course the Arabic world is it's a huge population globally. And yeah. so where do you see the, the use cases, the demand for the Arabic services? So it's our professionality, the Arabic. And Egypt, is there is a lot of different uh, accents in Arabic. I mean, in KSA rather than in Dubai and UAE, in Egypt, mm. in Libya, North Africa. But I mean... Egypt is known to have the neutral Arabic and, and we've been always been able all of the, the, the countries to understand the, the language or the accent, the, the Egyptian language. And maybe this is because we do have uh, a lot of and movies that had been Egypt known for, for a long time ago and we've been showing these in different countries so the, the Arab world is, is familiar with our accent. They, they understand us uh, very, very smoothly. And, and we already have multiple clients in, in different Arab words countries. And we support the, the language with, with the native or with, with our neutral language. We don't have to give each country the specific uh, accent because it's, it's understandable easily without any change. Got it. And is the Arabic demand increasing you know because the the arabic world seems to be you know like on a fantastic run at the moment with all of its sort of development and things like that so is the is the demand for the language and services um, growing quickly yeah very much very much so especially the gulf the gulf is leading this demand with huge projects uh, and spotting on the Gulf, so uh, Saudi Arabia is, is one of the most countries that they are having a lot of projects, a lot of investments, uh, that, that the, the need of the Arabic language is, is so much high. And also, it, in addition to the other, I mean, Gulf countries, so Emirates, uh, Tar, Kuwait, the list goes on. I mean, there is a lot of demand and a lot of projects and a lot of investment. And also the North African also company, countries too. There's a lot of, lot of investments in, in the countries and a lot of new projects that we can see which, which, is, which is requesting Arabic language demand. Got it. That's great. Great to hear. And so what can you say about the, the talent? Obviously, you know, Egypt is a big country with 110 million people. Do you have enough graduates, enough university and what, what can you say? Can you give a guide in terms of salaries for, for agents? You know, just give us a sense of where the, the, the cost structure is. So, yes, we, we do have, as, as you just mentioned, that the population is, is 100 plus million. And we have a lot of universities and languages, universities in a specific. We have 
and it's not only universities. So starting from school, we have German schools, we have British schools, we have French schools. All of these schools are the main factory for making sure of these languages are available in the market. We do have a lot of foreign schools in addition to the universities. So we have a lot of universities too. We have a huge number of... We have also a, a British university in, in Egypt. We have French university. We have a, a German university. We have two German universities in Egypt. Uh, and, and, and the list goes on. I, I, I just don't want to miss uh, anything, but uh, there is mm. a lot of supply in, in such of the, the ten. And for the cost, yeah, the, the cost is very is very reasonable according or in comparison of other countries uh, where we're having very very adequate numbers. If if I would say, I, it's on top of my head. If if I can say that five hundred dollars could be or maybe six hundred dollars could be a salary for an Asian plus plus. I mean, not the salary. I mean the cost of the Asian. Sure, got it, got it. That's good insight. So, Exceed, you are the uh, sales and marketing director of Exceed. You've you've worked there, I don't want to give too much away, but over two decades now from what I understand. So, congratulations. Um, introduce us to Exceed. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm here since the launch and started as a call center for the mother company which is the Telecom Egypt company. Uh, and then this was the first client for, for Exceed during 2001, 2002. And then we started the outsourcing journey uh, that reached us uh, with 25,000 employees, 10,000 seats, and um, 8,000 remote agents, remote seats across our centers. We're having in our sites uh, 10 different languages as we speak, the, as we mentioned, the Arabic, English, Spanish, uh, French, uh, German, and so on. We have also, beside the, the customer, uh, the CX, we have shared services, mainly the finance and accounting that started two years ago that we started working on. Um, and uh, we are having operations in Egypt, uh, Morocco, and Mauritius. Uh, to focus on the, the different languages that we are supporting, giving outreach to different calibers and different talent. That's amazing. And are you still, was it state-owned originally then by the by the National Telecom? And did you then become privatized or how, how's that? Structured? It's privatized since the early beginning. Telecom is, is a client. I mean, it's it's the owner and the client in the beginning. So we started with the support of Telecom Egypt that it was the first client. And, and then we moved on with outsourcing from the different parts of the world, from Europe, US and Canada and the Gulf. I mean, from different parts of the world. Yeah, well done. And I, I know we were going to talk about Exceed now, but then just coming back to the outsourcing industry, how 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 buoyant is it at the moment? Is it is it a vibrant industry with a lot of growth and a lot of kind of new entrants entering? How, how do you see the market itself? Yeah, we, we used to see a lot of new entrances, multinationals, that they are opening centers in Egypt. But, I mean, after the pandemic and the huge effect that it has been affecting the whole world, especially the outsourcing, and after Egypt had been showing very good performance in response to the pandemic, 
due to the infrastructure, the talent availability, the capability of being able to move to the work from home, solutions, all of these flexibility, it's not only exceed, I mean, the whole industry due to the, the country performance had been, and this all come with the, with the quality and good cost, this had been uh, encouraging a lot of new entrants for, from the multi, uh, multinationals to, to open new centers in Egypt. Got it. It's great, isn't it? It's great for the great for the economy. Okay, and so XE, then you do you focus specifically on customer service, or how how broad do your specialties go? Do you do you go into technical roles, into IT development? What do you what do you offer? Yeah, so mainly we are CX customer experience. This is where we started, and this is the main experience. And then we started with technical experience where we provide uh, support, technical support, first level, second level. And recently we added also a couple of years ago, the shared services or uh, mainly the, the finance and accounting. We have also a good experience in the HRO where the payroll management, the recruitment, all of these services, which is we, we, we are offering to complement other services or the portfolio, exceed portfolio, I mean. Fantastic. And how have you seen things evolve then over the the 20 odd years? Like with the customer service movement, things are getting increasingly complex, aren't they? And do you find that you're having to manage, you know, before it might have been a reactive process of just responding to tickets as they come in, but how, how far do you feel you go in terms of dipping into the client's operations and procedures and, you know, it's omni channel and to sort of prevent tickets instead of just responding to tickets. How have you seen things evolve over the 20 plus years in terms of the role for CX? Yeah, definitely. We also how the digitalization is is affecting and it is improving the service. And and maybe at the beginning, we were, uh, most of the CX provider were feeling that this is a threat to the industry. And uh, by time we found that it is not a threat. but it is rather, uh, it is something that it is strengthening the industry and put it more values to, to, to the industries. Maybe you, by digitalizing, you're, you're losing some volumes in a sense, but you're moving to more technical or more complex transactions. Uh, we started with the, with the omni channels where, and the digital channels and then evolving the new, introducing new digital uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, maybe the robotics was introduced only to automate repetitive tasks uh, that it is well defined. But by time we started to make these robotics more intelligence by adding some algorithms to, 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 to make not only simple tasks, no, to, to go for more, uh, more difficult tasks or more unidentified or some, some tasks that need some base, some decision based routing. Uh, we introduced this, and and I mean, it, it, the, the the job became more more fantastic. I mean, we loved it because we we can see a lot of introducing these channels and these automation had make had make things um, went in another era where we are able to see we were able to prevent actions, put preventive solutions, work closely with client for redesigning process and make it more complex and see a lot of values despite instead of having 
the, the tradition in BPO that we used to do some time ago. Mm, mm. Yeah, I assume, you know, I normally kind of touch on AI and automation a little bit towards the end, but how the two go hand in hand, don't they? Because of the technology, we've moved to omni-channel and then the role of CX has expanded so so dramatically, I think. But then, like, the hand that giveth also taketh, like, are you now noticing that the AI and automation is infringing on the sort of the roles that you can charge for and having an impact on the staffing numbers required to do these CX things? So yes, in in a very simple way, yeah, it is affecting the traditional BPO, but it is opening new jobs. It is opening more sophisticated or difficult transactions. I mean, some areas are decreasing and some areas that there were not there are starting to, to be some there, some processes. And some areas that or some processes that were small numbers, numbers are getting bigger. Calibers are in, decreasing in areas and increasing in more difficult or more sophisticated jobs. So it's, it's not that in a very simple way, the, the person that is answering the phone, the volumes are decreasing. Yes, we can say no. But I mean, someone who needs to think in a different is with different experience is all is also added to the equation with and numbers are increasing in this sense in where design the, the algorithm, the look for how the processes is doing and how we should be responding to this. It's, it's, it's not something that we, it's not a piece of technology that we put and leave and it works by itself. No, it's, it's something that needs always to work on and develop uh, to, to be able to, uh, to, to respond to the requirements. Yeah, it, it's taking sort of, before I suppose you just used to pick up the phone, whereas now it's taking so much process engineering, isn't it? And so much sort of, and it's an upskilling as well because the system's getting more complex and then and then building the systems to kind of automate things and make things more efficient. It's it's becoming highly complex, isn't it? Does it does there is there a gray area between, you know, you building the systems to service the CX versus it's just on the client side, if they build the systems that prevent the requirement for CX, do you see what I mean? Is there sort of quite a lot of crossover in terms of the building of the automation of client care? Definitely, definitely. There's a gray area. Uh, and I mean, uh, it, is, it is a gray area if the BPO or the company will be waiting for the client, uh, will be coming late, I mean. If you will be coming late, then you will find the client, your client started developing, putting the technology, and uh, at the end of the day, you are losing part of your job. But if you are leading this, things is, com- is, is somehow different. And uh, let it be very, I mean, clear on this. There will be always clients that they will be due to their, I mean, size, complexity, I mean, whatever the, the reason of, they will be even looking for having the technology at their side. But there is also a lot of other big chunk of, of clients that they will be looking for, uh, looking for partners that they can help in putting these uh, technology. Uh, so even if we will miss or we will be using it with one of our clients their technology, 
we will definitely be uh, helping 10 other clients on medium size or medium and small size to help them reach the theme of the technology with the mega customers, if we can call, uh, if we can describe them with, 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 with this. Mm. And as technology advances, you know, again, I'm oversimplifying things, but 20 years ago, you probably just picked up the phone and 15 years ago, it was just replying to emails. Whereas now there seems more of an emote in terms of the systems that you are building to, to fulfill this CX requirement. And then there's more of an IP moat in that regard because, it, you know, your system's advanced or very basic. Do you see that, you know, as, as the industry's progressed 20 years, that there is becoming more of a technical moat between suppliers, whereas before it was, it was you know, whoever could get people into seats, they were kind of equal. Is that a fair observation? No, no, it's it's not uh, progressing the same. I mean, with the same equation, but I mean, it's it's progressing. You can find in some industry, as we can see, it's progressing more than other other industries. You can see some sectors are still having numbers, good numbers, or relying on good numbers of agents and FTEs, while some new sectors, especially the high tech, which is most likely depending on technology on their business case is more tending to have less, much more less numbers of agents. It's, it's mainly depending on the industry. And not all industries are evolving with the same rate, if, if we can say it like this. And uh, not only not industries, but not only all, all, all part of the world are, are, are going with the same rates. So maybe one country is in a sector, is, is getting more advanced or is going in a faster manner than the other country with the same sector. Got it. And you cover an enormous array of countries, client countries, and of course, you know, languages and, and cultures. Do you see, does CX significantly vary between different countries, cultures, and languages, or is it fundamentally quite quite similar how you implement and execute things? Fundamentally the same, but I mean, there is always differences between sectors or verticals and, and countries. Maybe the culture, uh, some culture, some technology due to some of the industries. But I mean, fundamentally, I can see it the same. It's, it's, it's the same concept, but uh, the details are different, if we, if we can say it like this. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. That's really exciting. And so incredible, incredible growth with 25,000 employees. You, you mentioned that 8,000 were remote. Was that a... A result of the the COVID and and sort of evolution over to work from home. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, it was in develop. We we were, ready, but uh, as a technology, the technology was there, but I mean the industry was not ready to implement aggressively this huge number of reaching eight thousand or even ten thousand. But when the COVID came, the pandemic had forced all of us, all of the world, to to implement it, to implement the plan aggressively. Uh, we used to sit with a client uh, convincing him that maybe 20% of the operation can be s- sitting at home. Maybe it, we can give it this. It, it can impact flexible scheduling and can improve in some of the sizes. And we've been in debate of no and how and security and technology and infrastructure. But when it comes 
the pandemic came, everything changed. Everything changed. The, the clients were pushing us to, to go with 100% uh, from home. Uh, and it's uh, incredible, huh? such a seismic shift in in yeah. practices, but also your business model, just a, a tremendous tectonic shift happened overnight almost. Yeah, it, it happened in a night, uh, just as you, you mentioned. And, and, and worth mentioning here that we did have uh, during the pandemic also some, some uh, programs that they were really under very high uh, security uh, regulations and work from home by any means was not accepted even under the pandemic. And because, I mean, we're working on systems that open uh, equipments and close equipments and, and do a lot of remotely. And, and still, this was not accepted that we can do this from home for agents from home. And, and what we did uh, as Exceed, this was something we did uh, by, by the pandemic that we, and due to that, the tourism was facing closure for all of the hotels, no travel, nothing was there. We, we were able to rent a couple of hotels, small hotels, and we created a sort of a virtual bubbles for agents to stay in these hotels. And we transformed the halls of the hotels for call center areas where agents uh, logged in or uh, checked in these hotels, stayed for a couple of weeks uh, with all of the medical support, uh, supply, uh, food, uh, medical support, everything in a virtual bubble and and this solution was something that was uh, in an intermediate solution between working from site and working from home and to be able to instead of working for from site an agent to come and and go every day uh, which can affect their health and uh, they they will be exposed to a lot of uh, external factors the, the 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 hotels or the motels that we rented gave us the whole solution, which is the safe for the health of the agents and the securing the business for our clients. Mm. Incredible, incredible that the whole world just changed <laughs> overnight. Yeah. What would you advise clients now? Like, obviously, if the security required them to be in the office and they have to be in the office, but for general clients. What are your thoughts? Should should they be in the office, or is it up to the so just the client's preference, or is it up to the staff preference? Where do you see the the balance now for home versus office? So it's it's nothing right and nothing wrong. I mean, some clients we see that they have to be in the office hundred percent. Some clients we have we see that they they have to be at home. I mean, there is no harm of sitting them uh, remotely. And there is, and the majority of the clients, or I want to say, big chunk of the clients, they should work on, our, or we advise on them to work on a hybrid model. So uh, because now the talent started to feel that for the social life, it's not advised to sit the whole week sitting on a desk in a room, closed room. I mean, they started to feel that it is, it is something that they they are not supporting on. They are not like. If the business or the operation allow the hybrid model, hybrid model works perfectly uh, because you will give them maybe two, three days in the office and two or three days in at home. It will give the life balance of that. You will not let them stay, not them get out every day and not let them, uh, I mean, locked in a room for the whole week. But this will introduce other 
concepts. I mean, something like that the bring your own device technology has to be introduced in this sense because it will be somehow difficult for the Asian to get the laptop with him in the office and get them at home and the flexibility. And there will be a lot of hardware in this sense. So we're doing this currently and, and we are working on not putting 100% at site or, or not 100% at home, but the hybrid model is tending to be working perfectly or more suitable for the, the sake of the whole equation. Mm. It is interesting that you say, you know, hybrid is an obvious choice, but it does actually then add more complexity in terms of the hardware, doesn't it? Because you, you need then multiple workstations, you know, typically one based in the office, one based at home. Uh, and then yeah. there are the you know, potential security and lockdown concerns there. It's, there's, no, there's no clear ideal solution is there for this work from home thing. Yeah. With them um, around a lot of the world, of course, there was the great resignation and, you know, the workers were sort of calling the shots to a degree. It seemed that there was a great shortage of, of workers and then they were sort of demanding the the terms more, I suppose. Did that happen in Egypt and, you know, around your area? And has that calmed down a bit now? How, what's that scene looking like? Yes, uh, we are just like part of, of the world and we, we saw, I mean, the same issues and same uh, problems. Um, but it is things are getting much better now. Uh, people are getting more familiar with with the new trends, the, the shortage of the uh, calibers or the agents are starting to be, the, the government is working hardly on, on making, I mean, supply for the shortage of specific uh, talent or poor. Uh, and, and we're trying, I mean, we're trying just like others. Egypt is known to be a, a place for talent supply. So there's a lot of talent from Egypt is working something like in Gulf. So we're having huge numbers to, to, to complement other areas. I mean, we have also, but I mean, it's it's something that we've been facing even before, before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So we've already covered AI, which I sort of, you know, tend to look for in terms of the future. But how do you how do you feel about the future for your for your region, for Exceed, of course, and for the industry then for, you know, CX and, and outsourcing generally? How, how do you see things progressing over the next five or 10 years? Is it is it kind of business as usual? Or do you see big changes on the horizon with all this automation and technology and things like that? Yeah, I believe that in in the next years, uh, things w- the, the increase of the market will keep increasing. I mean, we, we will. Uh, this is how I how I feel that we will we will have the, the industry will increase, but it will it will evolve in a different way after the introduction of the technology. And by more technology is is introduced, we will see the the CX industry reshaped. I mean, in a different way. And we've been seeing how ChatGPT and other AI platforms are affecting different industries, not only the CX. And I think CX will be, uh, is already, uh, there is use cases that it is getting affected and uh, get it incorporated in, in the industry. So it, it, it will evolve and increase, uh, but not in, in what we saw or not like what we saw in, in different, in, in, in the couple of years ago, but in a different way in the next couple of years. Mm. 
are you are you worried for this march of AI? Do you think do you think that it really is a big threat, or or is it a, you know an incredible tool that will allow us all to retire early? How, how do you sort of see this specifically? No, I'm not against. I mean, I'm just like not the traditional. I mean, CX players because I'm I'm personally a technical engineer or. or I'm coming from the technical area uh, and I'm on the side of the AI and this because it's something that we will not be able to stop. It's a normal evolution or normal uh, enhancement in, in everything, the, just like the mobile that where we were not used to use mobile a couple of years ago and now it's part of everything. It's not only a phone, it's, it's a complete platform. So it's a threat to uh, a part of the business and an opportunity to the other part of the business. It will help improving the business. This is how I see it. Mm. Fantastic. And you then, Russia, like you've spent over 21 years in Exceed. How how's the journey been? Has, has it been enjoyable working in this industry and building? I mean, you would have seen the industry literally grow from nothing in Egypt to, to you know, employing yeah. Millions yeah, so of people, huh? The company f- started with 200 seats and now we're 10,000 seats. I mean, with a lot of operations, a lot of sites, and we're having a very aggressive plan in the no- next couple of years that we are looking for Exit to be different uh, and in adding the technology in our, all of the operations more and more by time. Yeah, it's, it was quite a journey. And the industry of CX as a, is an industry, if you start working, it's very difficult to get out of the industry because of that the industry is getting every day something new. Uh, and it's an industry that makes you work with all of the industries in the CX. I mean, you're working with all of the, the industries. You're getting knowledge about every industry and how they are evolving and how things is getting in. Yeah. Well, Russia, thank you so much. What a what a journey and what a fantastic conversation and, and insight. So thank, thank you, you so much for that. As always, Russia, I encourage people to reach out and have a conversation and see how outsourcing can really transform their business. If anyone wants to get in touch or know more, how can they do that? Yes, so our website is www.exceedcc.com. Uh, and we do have also our LinkedIn page. For me personally, I'm on LinkedIn, Russia Iz, and my email is russia.iz at exceedcc.com. That was Russia Ez Eldeen. She is the sales and marketing director at Exceed. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast and As always, if you want to send us an email, just email us at ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.